welcome to Rise and Rouse, a podcast for people who give a damn. This is our final episode of season one. While it's sad to be winding down this first season, we wanted to end on a sweet note. This is your host, Erin Allgood, social impact strategist, consultant, and lover of beginnings and endings. Developing this podcast has been an absolute labor of love, and I am so grateful to all of you that have listened, shared your thoughts, and supported me along the way. I feel this community building and deepening with each episode, and I can't tell you how good it feels to bring something so positive and impactful into the world. In this final episode, Steph George, our producer, and I sit down to talk about starting the podcast and lift up some of the lovely bits and pieces that have stuck with us from week to week. This episode goes beyond your typical recap and digs into the deeper themes we've learned along the way. So, Steph, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you on this side of the microphone, really. And I'm excited that this is our final episode and that we're getting this chance to to just wrap up and, you know, put like a little bit of a bow on this first season and also be able to look ahead to what next season is going to bring. So I wanted to give you an opportunity just to like introduce yourself uh, a little bit more for folks so that they could get to know you. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be, um, like you said, on the other end of it. It's always it's always interesting for me to do that on shows that I work on. Um, so yeah, uh, I also live in Dover. I actually live right around the corner from you, um, which I love because anytime we need to check in or in- on something or we just want to hang out, it's like a real quick, real quick, nice walk over to your place. Um, and you and I met. I think 2018. And I had just moved to Dover maybe like six months prior. And uh, I didn't know too many people when I moved here. And like, so yeah, like you and all the NLC people were some of the first um, people I I met when I moved to the Seacoast. I grew up in New Hampshire, but the Seacoast was totally new territory for me. So, you know, since then, I have been doing auto producing for my day job. And um, you and I kind of connected back last summer and you mentioned that you wanted a podcast and I mentioned that I wanted to build out my audio freelance stuff and this like really natural partnership formed. And so that's me. (laughs) Yeah. And you've just done, I mean, I just want to pause there and say like, it's so lovely having really being right around the corner from you because it's so much of my so many of my relationships with people are mm. over Zoom now. It's so nice to have you right there, like yeah. in my community. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. Similarly, a lot of the professional connections that I've been making more recently, as I've really been focusing in on this particular work um, and really expanding my work in the podcast space, in the audio space, that industry is really focused in the major cities. I have no interest in moving to the major cities. I want to stay right here in New Hampshire. (laughs) And um, so it's been really just so, so special and important to me to like build the relationship and the working relationship that we have, like specifically in this space and to build more connections with people um, in New Hampshire. It feels really special, the community we have here in Dover. And Dover's always been a very, very cool place, I think, yeah. in general. And 
I mean, hearkening back to the first um, women's strike was here, yes. actually, in the textile yep. mills. The mm-hmm. <laughs> So we have, like, such a, a storied history here in Dover of just badass yeah. activism. Yeah, we really, really <laughs> do. And just, like, such a hub for creativity. I mean, so much, you know, incredible music has come out of Dover. And... Uh, you may you may have seen the flyers around, but uh, also the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were created in Dover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's just, yeah, there's there, there's so much. And it really has an energy. Like, you know, like I said, I grew up in New Hampshire. I didn't really spend much time on the seacoast. And when I moved here, it was just this immediate sense of like, oh, man, I love this place. Like, I want to stay here for as long as I can. Until we get priced out of this yep yeah (laughs) just a very real priced out or flooded so we'll see which comes first it's fun (laughs) yep (laughs) that's so dystopian i know i started i started looking around as as you know you know we've we talk all the time i've been kind of eyeing Mm -hmm. other apartments i've been here for for four years now in this in this apartment and yeah i was like it'd be fun to move have a new space a new perspective I am a weirdo and I really like moving. I love packing things up. I love unpacking. I love decorating. It's like my, it just, it feeds my like nesting instinct. And, um, but uh, yeah, that's not going to happen unless I start making way, way more money. It is too expensive. (laughs) And I, I mean, I'm so grateful to have this as a, as a medium. I'm so grateful to have your steady hand Mm -hmm. guiding this process too. Thank goodness. Um, and it, it's been, and it was a journey, I think, yeah. to just get here too. I mean, we, we, I will say that this is the first time I have ever seen a project like this that was certainly mm-hmm. not just for me, but a project that was like, that was, that is mm-hmm. so much of myself from start wow, to finish. Really? You know, I, I mean, it might not be tr- <laughs> entirely true, but I, I constantly like every year it's like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna write more. Oh, I'm gonna do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm gonna do that. You know, and and this was, it. I mean, you made it so easy so for glad, me to be yeah. able to do this, like really and truly. And the rest of the folks who have been helping on the podcast too, it made it made it the lift a lot mm-hmm. lighter than otherwise. Um, but it's just been really, really gratifying to see something like this come mm-hmm. to fruition, and 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 important to me to be able to showcase the voices that I've been able to showcase. You know, important for me just to fill up mm-hmm. my soul. You know. And to feel like really, really good about, I, I don't know, just to, to be, feel better about the world. I think that you and I both surround ourselves with people who are exquisitely like mm-hmm. making a difference mm-hmm. in the world. And that gives me hope so that I can both, I can hold, you know, the multiplicity of like the dystopian hellscape that we're living in. And also this beautiful future that I see people yeah. working towards constantly. And the beautiful here mm-hmm. and now, I, su- I suppose, too. And and that to me is just, I mean, just life, you know, it's like a beautiful encapsulation mm-hmm. of what life is, but it's also gives us, I don't know, brings, gives me hope, brings me joy, brings me, you know, helps me to, I think as Heather put it in the episode, just lines my heart with all, with yes. all good things or something. I can't remember what it was exactly, but it's just, it makes me, it fills up my cup in a lot of ways. Yeah. I, I think one of the biggest takeaways that I have you know, doing this project with you is, I think, a reminder that I didn't know I needed, that there are so many awesome, interesting, dedicated people 
doing incredible, interesting, impactful work. And I think you 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 said something a, a minute ago that gave me this thought that's like, you know, even in the most um like like looking at this current current moment in the most depressing way. <laughs> if we're you know, if we're gonna take the most <laughs> depressing route of wow, things are really hard right now and we don't see a future, and like at least there are awesome people. At least we have these like incredible genuine connections, even if things never get better. And I don't think that's going to happen. I don't, I'm not trying to take us down, down a bad path, but I, I always try to give like a positive <laughs> spin to the, the, the tendency in my brain to like catastrophize. So I'm like, okay, even if it is the worst case mm-hmm. scenario, there is so much beauty and so much connection and life. Um, I think that was like really the biggest thing that I took away from, you know, hearing all these all these awesome interviews that you were doing, which, you know, I, I know that like part of the reason you started this was that like, you know, you say you feel so like filled by these conversations and that what motivates you. And um, I guess like, I'm, I'm wondering like, like how has that, that feeling of like connection with people or that like guiding question mm. developed over the course of this? It's a great question. I think that it's, I had this such mm-hmm. a deep need to, to dive into something like this that felt all encompassing in a lot of ways because, because it has been a really Mm -hmm. heavy couple of years, you know? And I think a lot of, you know, being in the third year of the pandemic and, you know, just having, I think, you know, for a lot of people that folks have gone through like a, you know, a mental health journey really Mm -hmm. for sure over the last few years. And I'm, you know, certainly one of those people too. And, it just it just felt like there needed to be something that would bring some light mm-hmm. into my life, you know. And that's not to say yeah. my life is bad <laughs> by any means. I, I have a fantastic, wonderful life, but there's there's no substitute for I think being inspired yeah. by other people. It's so true. And I just and I think that that's we live in such an isolated society mm-hmm. in so many ways that the pressures of day to day life and just the time pressures, the like of having to run from one task to the next and and just the lack of spaciousness in our lives really means that we, we don't have these kinds of conversations. Mm -hmm. We don't have that ability to connect with one another in such a deep way. And the podcast was really able to, for me to be able to give myself that opportunity to connect deeply with people. And by virtue of people listening to it, they're connecting deeply too. It's, wild to me my you know one of my very good friends um out in um seattle mm-hmm. perry she loves me um she mm-hmm. hopefully will be on the podcast next season um and she would text me and tell me like how she felt closer oh, to me wow. just by listening to the, each episode yeah what incredible feedback and i hear that from mm-hmm. really and truly like i've had so many friends text me and just say like i didn't know that i needed this or i I'm getting emotional mm. listening to that episode or, you know, it's part, you know, part of it just because of like the production schedule, it's like, I'm on to the next episode already by the time the, the previous one comes out yep. as you are too, in the same way. Um, it's to me just so interesting because I'm like, oh, I, I don't think I, you know, I think that this conversation you and I are having is giving us an opportunity to, to almost yes. like sit in that and to really be able to reconcile with just the fact that there's that this it has been transformative for some people and and I don't want to say that in like an overstated way like I know that the that's 
you know, in a lot of ways it's, it's in small ways, but it's making a difference. And that is really and truly fills my heart with joy and makes me just really happy yeah. that I'm putting this out there and that I have your help to do it too. <laughs> yeah. There's been some fantastic mm-hmm. moments, I think, from, you know, from all of the guests mm-hmm. that we've had. And so what are some of your favorite moments? Yeah. Um, I think my my favorite moments, so I'm going to give a broad answer and then some some examples, because truly my favorite moment came in I think every episode when I was just constantly surprised by how deep it got and I was always just like taken aback and it's like it's funny it's like I never like learned <laughs> like every every episode I was like <laughs> wow they're really touching some deep stuff I'm like yeah Steph you've been editing this for like two months like you know it's gonna happen <laughs> um yeah, so just like uncovering these like really, really like deep, almost like philosophical conversations and ideas. And I think a couple of things that really stood out to me. Um, I'm thinking of Emerald's thoughts on community. She had this particular phrasing that I can't quite recall at the moment, but she said something about, you know, just the fact that we like really we we truly truly never ever do anything alone and kind of like what happens when we try to and it just hit me it just hit me it's it's it, like one of those times in life where i've like yeah like i I've, I've heard this concept before like if someone asked me i'd say yes i know something about hearing it at that moment in the particular way she phrased it i was like oh now i know it you know i knew it now i know it um, and, uh, like that, that really, you know, stood out to me. Um, I was also really, really, really struck by Ike's comments on taking time to appreciate how interconnected we all are. And again, I, I'm going to say it over and over again. I cannot believe that that came out of a conversation about tax code. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but it did. And, uh, I, I just thought like that sentiment was, was really beautiful. And it's definitely, it's definitely a perspective that I share and I have felt myself feel quite like distant from that perspective. I think over the past, maybe like couple years. And it was just this like much needed reminder of like, Oh yeah, you know, we, I, I think you said like, we have all these differences, but like in tax code, like we're all the same. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's that that's so true. I think he's yeah, I I don't exactly mm-hmm. remember that, but I also think it's it's um because I was talking to him today mm-hmm. about my taxes. Um just this this idea of that we all are the same mm-hmm. to the tax code and yet we yes. also are not. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> that's, we we he we said something about like how, you know, millionaires have a very yes. different <laughs> they have a very different ex- ex- you know, relationship to taxes yes. than the rest of us do. So, and I, I remember saying to Ike today, I'm like, you know that I'm perfectly happy to yeah. pay my taxes, <laughs> you know, like very, very, very happy. But I mean, but to your point though, it's, there's something beautiful about being able to like bring people to the, you know, to the mm-hmm. microphone, you know, and like, and let them really be themselves and to share the real depth of who they are. And I think 
there's not another way to really be Mm -hmm. able to do that in our kind of like fast paced world. Like it's so much of, you know, we get reduced down to like our job title or whatever other like outside signifiers Mm -hmm. there are, you know, and, and we never really get to, to recognize our full complexity or to display our full complexity. And that's. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that we, as a society lack a lot of spaces to connect with people in that complexity and that depth. And, you know, it's, it's, it's so funny that we're having this conversation and, you know, talking about, Oh, we, we met at NLC and um, my capstone was all about like building community with people and creating spaces where people can connect, like not as our job titles, not as our organizations, mm-hmm. not, you know, but just like as people. Um, and yes, we can go and organize after that. We can go work together after that. But like, let's really connect as as people, um, you know, and that that did come to fruition. My capstone did come to fruition, but it was another casualty of COVID. We couldn't have people in the same building mm-hmm. for a while. And then the space where I was holding it shut down. <laughs> it was just, um, yep. and, and it's, you know, I've been thinking about that recently and being like, wow, you know, that was really on the top of my mind for so long. And I just kind of forgot about it because I was worried about surviving and now I'm finally at a space again where I've like remembered that that was a really important thing to me and I don't know I'm I'm excited to revive that but just but just to like enter that headspace again and we can't do it when we're just moving so fast like it it requires Mm -hmm. a pause to remind ourselves of like those things that we have forgotten those like little bits like nooks and crannies where like the things that are important to us get kind of shoved Mm -hmm. away, you know, until we have a moment to really bring them back out again. I'm really excited about that for you to maybe revive that. We could do a, (laughs) we could do like a a live, um, a live episode of rise and rouse at at my next, at my next dance. Mm -hmm. You can go and interview people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that idea. (laughs) That sounds overwhelming. (laughs) It's hard enough to do this just sitting on like, on the floor in my living room, uh, but no, I think that I'm I'm down for that. I'm I'm always game for new things. Um, I think that like some of my favorite moments from the you know season have just been well, one just to like obviously talk to mm-hmm. these people. Like there was not a single person that I don't mm-hmm. care deeply about, like on this or or didn't know previously that were on the podcast, and I think, um having that opportunity to connect with them more deeply in a space and it just in a way we don't necessarily Mm -hmm. get to was just really, really important. Um, One of my favorite conversations Mm -hmm. was with Bao um, and just this concept of like honoring change across time and space and, and look taking this real long view of how change can happen and our place Mm -hmm. in that Bao has this quality about him where I cannot help but be like it's it's like enraptured, you know what I mean? Like by his the way that he talks and um, truly like the last time I was in Seattle at his coffee shop, um, my partner and I almost missed our flight because I just I like I was just so like lulled into this kind of pensive, you know, introspective headspace. And my partner's like, you got to go like you 
you you cannot get too cozy here. We have to we have to go <laughs> now, please. Um, and it was it was just like that that like being so so very present um, mm-hmm. in that moment. It's it you know is something that just makes me so happy. And then you know I would say I, I mean every episode has just been mm-hmm. so amazing, but really you know hearing hearing Yaz just talk about all of the cool things that she's mm-hmm. into and removing the mask and just being 100% authentically yourself is something that she embodies that so in such a big way. And it makes me so happy to hear her mm-hmm. talk like that. And it's interesting because after the after the episode aired, she was like, I usually hate doing these things, but Aaron was able to draw out like some oh, really good stuff that. from this and to like make me feel like I could be myself. And I'm like, perfect. Yeah. Well, fuck yeah. I don't need anything like- <laughs> else. <That's- laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly. And then I'll say my last favorite part, because there's yeah. there's been so many, but um, I mean, I'm, all of them are my favorite. Yeah. I can't choose, but Heather talking about yes. <laughs> peng- the penguin that almost <laughs> jumped on her, on her boat and <laughs> realizing midair that it wasn't just an iceberg. <laughs> that was probably the funniest visual that happened for me, like during I, the, <laughs> the whole I uh, laughed, season. I laughed so hard <laughs> at that particular moment because there's this like <laughs> ongoing joke with one of my coworkers where <laughs> so you know so so you and Heather had this discussion of like really they're they're four feet tall that's and <laughs> and my my coworker like at some point in her life like heard the information that like an emperor penguin can be like human size so she just assumed that they could be like six feet tall. <laughs> Oh, I know it's terrifying. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes we'll talk about it, and we're like, "Yeah, like, like imagine if a penguin <laughs> the size of you walked through that door right now, and it's like the scariest." <laughs> I mean, talk about dystopian hellscape. Like, could, yeah, I mean, the cute factor would wear <laughs> off pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, if you see them up close, yeah, they're they're not cute looking, so. Six feet tall, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is so scary. I could just like see like one like beating up a polar bear now and like just that's it's like a, a lot. lot. And then and then my mind immediately like like extrapolates it out to like penguins just like six foot tall penguins living amongst us in society and like going to the bank and like there's a penguin like you know, cashing a check. Like <laughs> And they just have like a tuxedo. They don't even need a tuxedo because they're already yeah. dressed in their tuxedo. Like very fancy. Oh my uh, They're always overdressed God. for everything. So annoying. This is the most like ever. Oh, I love penguins so much, but now I'm scared of them. But see, this is like the podcast is the gift yes. that keeps on giving because yes. of things like that. <laughs> so thank you, Heather. Oh, there's thank you, Heather, for that. Oh, but there's other. I mean, there's so many moments that we could could name. But you know, I think one of the things you're really excited about seeing come, you know, like as it grows and comes to fru- even more fruition yes. is Janie's. Um, Janie's whole. Yeah, yeah, cases. I know. I've, I'm, I made a note that I wanted to to talk about it. I just, I just love what she's doing.
doing. And I have a background in horticulture and I worked for so many years in greenhouses and oh she I think I think think she named it in the episode. Like it is hard work for something so beautiful, which I'm sure we could, you know, also Mm. pull out a whole bunch of life lessons from that statement. But I, I think I think that living in a beautiful space and surrounding oneself with beauty is so I don't even want to say it's important. I think it's actually like really, really necessary. And it is so easy in our lives and I I think especially in our culture to dismiss that as frivolous to make people feel bad about caring about, you know, living in a, a, a beautiful world. And certainly, you know, yeah, we, we need our, our physical needs, you know, met before that. But I, mm-hmm. I, I would put it like in there in, in the in the realm of human needs, not just nice extras. And I just I love that she is um, like owning that. And being like, no, we need beauty. We all deserve mm-hmm. beautiful flowers. So, well, it's interesting because um, I think about, you know, just I will occasionally think about Maslow's mm. hierarchy of needs and this idea that um, self actualization is yeah. at the very top, which is very interesting. So, you need to have like the shelter, the food, mm-hmm. all of those different kinds of things at your base before you can kind of, you know, move mm-hmm. your way up to that. The interesting thing about that is that. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is actually taken from the mm. Blackfoot Indians so that this this concept like originated mm-hmm. with them and is flipped. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so that like s- self-actualization is the base, yeah. you know, like that is the and then everything else comes from that. And I think, you know, it's I don't know what that says about our world or about uh, us or about how a white guy mm. took something a good misappropriated Mm -hmm. it for different for his own purposes um but i think that we oftentimes try to tell ourselves like that you know really it's just that we we just need the bare minimum you know what i mean and and we don't recognize that there is something vitally important Mm. for our souls to have to have beauty to have you know these things that make us whole humans and not to just allow ourselves to live smaller lives. Yeah, and the thing that comes up for me, in addition to that, is like I I, I consider having purpose to be very closely aligned with self actualization, and I think so many cultures throughout time knew that and still know it so intimately. And in the dominant culture, we are just like so, so, so far removed from that. And so it's kind of like, yeah, I can see how that got flipped on its head. You know, so Steph, for you, what does yeah. it mean to give a damn? I um, I love that you asked this question of everyone. And then when I was answering this, I was like, oh, my God, what does that even? <laughs> um, I think right now what it means for me and the thing that immediately came up for me is following um, – my instincts and following what I know to be right and what I feel to be the right move. Um, I think that's just been a theme that's like really present in my life recently and not giving into self doubt um, 
and not giving in to too much like second guessing, not giving my power away to, you know, other people or other forces. So I I think that's for me again, right now in this moment, that's what giving a damn means to me. It's so cool to hear you say that because that that just sparked something in me, you know, to hear you say that. And I for me, when I first started kind of conceptualizing this idea mm-hmm. of like, what does it mean to give a damn? I was very much focused on, you know, what do people, you know, if you mm-hmm. give a damn, what does that mean? You're a person who will like move mountains to create change, create good in the world and so much. And that sounds very like savory and that's not the, that's not really mm-hmm. my the point of it. But I think that there's like two different levels on which I'm I'm hearing mm. that folks give a damn. It's probably more a continuum mm. and not two levels, but this idea of like personally, like what you know internally, like oh my god, this is so perfect. So if we remember the quote from Grace Lee Boggs, "Transform mm. yourself to transform the world." There are I'm seeing and for what you're saying, like it's it's about like trusting yourself and and being mm. with yourself and to and to know yourself and self-actualization all those different big things we just talked about and then it's also about like looking being able to look outward and and you know not center yourself that was one of the things Mm -hmm. that emerald had said is just how important like for her giving a damn was not centering Mm -hmm. oneself but recognizing the collective and the Mm -hmm. importance of the collective and and i see that that's it's it's really kind of this um zooming in and zooming out it's we really do need both in order to be able to uh, encapsulate what it really means to give a damn and and it's vitally important for the way we show up in society the way that we we do our work is to be able to like exist on both of those planes i I'm, i'm i'm starting to think in my life that we cannot truly and what's the word i want to use effectively, truly and effectively remove ourselves, you know, from the center if we don't have a strong sense of self and if we don't know ourselves. Mm. And I think if we if we try to do that before we've really become embodied, it's like, oh man, it's just not good for anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so true. That's like such a beautiful sentiment. (laughs) What about what Um, about you? What what does it mean for you to give a damn? Yeah, it's so interesting because I'm so good at like talking about it. Not yeah, yeah, that's that's real. That is real. (laughs) It's it's very hard. Um, I think giving a damn. It's in this moment for me. It feels like meeting people Mm -hmm. where they're at, in a way, and it's in a kind of a global sense of like, or how do we meet this mm. moment um, and help bring people along in this moment and, and kind of provide what they need. And I also think that it is, how do we meet people in their, in this moment at, at a mm-hmm. more micro level, you know, and show up in a way that centers love and justice and embodies things like restorative justice. And, you know, just, it's not, um, how do we allow ourselves to be in this in this space as complex, like multifaceted humans? And how do we allow others to mm-hmm. be like that too? Thank you to Steph for joining me in conversation today, for everything you do for Rise and Rouse, and for being an amazing friend over these past five years. 
If you want to learn more about her work, check out stefaniaaudio.com. Check the show notes for links. As I mentioned before, this final episode is both a beginning and an end. We already have a stellar lineup of guests for season two, and we can't wait to get back into the studio to start producing those new episodes. In the meantime, we'll be sharing content on our Instagram page and through the monthly newsletter. Follow us on Instagram at Rise and Rouse and sign up for my newsletter by going to allgoodstrategies.com. If you enjoyed this conversation, please leave a five-star rating and review to help us reach more people. Make sure to follow Rise and Rouse wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss your chance to hear from someone who gives a damn. Rise and Rouse is created and hosted by me, Erin Allgood. It is produced and edited by Steph George of Stefania Audio. Production support from Grace Cleary-Morin and Yana Krasanova. Our theme music is written and produced by Chris Marion.